WMRN Radio presents The Bush Pole Show. Mostly cloudy skies and temperatures in the low 70s greeted the NASCAR Winston Cup Series competitors as they took one-lap time trials around the Daytona International Speedway this afternoon, trying to gain the pole position for the 32nd running of the Daytona 500 one week from tomorrow. Hi, everybody. I'm Alan Bestwick, along with Barney Hall and Jim Phillips, and welcome to MRN Radio's Bush Pole Show as we bring you coverage of the qualifying for next weekend's Daytona 500. Barney, not really many surprises today at all. Nothing like we normally see at Daytona at all, Alan, and probably today was the most pressure-filled qualifying session ever run by the Winston Cup racing teams here at this speedway. Truthfully, the pole winner at Daytona gets more publicity than the winner of most races, so winning the pole here without the factor of the Unical bonus money, which is now up to $212,800, if the pole winner goes on to win the Daytona 500, he can walk out of here in the neighborhood of $450,000 to half a million dollars. That's a lot of pressure, and there was a lot of pressure on pit road all afternoon. Also pressure to get one of the front two starting spots and to get as good a time trial as you can because the qualifying system for the Daytona 500 is a little bit different than most Winston Cup races at most racetracks. First round qualifying is worth the first 20 starting spots in the field, but not so here at Daytona. The first two cars in Bush Pole qualifying will start in the first two spots in the Daytona 500. Everyone from there on back must qualify as one of the first 15 finishers in Thursday's Twin 125 qualifying races. That will determine starting spots three through 30. Then we revert back to time trial order again for the final 10 spots in the field, and anything can happen in the twin races on Thursday, so you need to have that good time trial lap in order to have a fallback. What it really amounts to is the front row is locked in, but from spots 3 through 12, which were qualified here today, that would give the other 10 drivers in that segment there, if they have trouble in those qualifying races, they are still guaranteed a starting spot in the Daytona 500. So we'll talk about that a little bit more. We're talking about the pressure and had a chance to talk with Darrell Waltrip yesterday in that final practice round about the big dollars that are up for grabs here for the pole winner. Does that put a whole new dimension in qualifying, Darrell? Well, it really does. It just... It just steps up the intensity a little bit more. Uh, it makes the crew put a little more effort into it. It makes the driver certainly well aware of the fact that uh, win that pole and win the race, you can walk out of here with a half million dollars. So uh, that's a lot of pressure to put on all of us, but we put an awful lot of effort into trying to do just that very thing. And Waltrip had quite a day himself. Now, he was a contender for the pole in practice. He had been running up there 194, 195 miles an hour and felt like he could get it. There's quite a story there, and we'll talk about that a little bit later this afternoon. Alan? Most of the speculation centered around four drivers winning the pole for the Daytona 500. Ken Schrader, who's won the pole the last two years, Jeff Bodine, Darrell Waltrip, and Bill Elliott. We will tell you how they made out and the pole winner for the 1990 Daytona 500 when we come back. There's no place on earth that I'd rather be than out in the open where it's all plain to see if it's gonna get done it's up to you and to me there's no place that I'd rather be Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri 
Welcome back to MRN Radio's Bush Pole Show at the Daytona International Speedway. 53 cars took time this afternoon. 63 had gone through the NASCAR inspection lines. There were a few, a uh, couple of minor incidents in practice late yesterday. Those cars were unable to make it in time for qualifying, although they do have another shot in second round qualifying on Monday. As we said, 53 cars took time, and it got about halfway through before we established the pole winner. Well, Kenny Schrader, who had been rated the favorite all week long simply for the fact that they had had such great numbers in testing over the winter, and yesterday in practice he quickly turned a lap of about 194 and a half, and then they didn't come back out that much after it was all over. So everybody said he's sandbagging and he will be the man to get the pole, and indeed he did. We talked with him after he'd made his run. The Bush pole winner for the 1990 Daytona 500, Kenny Schrader. Kenny, congratulations. Well, I tell you what, it feels awful good. You know, the it's same crew, uh, Richard Broom and Frank Edwards, chassis man, David Oliver, and all the guys that really did a good job with this, with this Kodiak Chevrolet. Any trouble on your qualifying lap? It's really, really smooth. Well, I tell you what, I was geared up for more trouble than I experienced. You know, it's uh, usually pretty hairy qualifying here, and uh, it, it wasn't quite as bad as I thought it was going to be. But, uh, you know, it, we, we got in a good lap, and that's all that mattered. Well, the wind and the weather were big factors in today's qualifying runs. At least a lot of drivers said it hurt their speeds. Others said it didn't. So it is Schrader on the pole with a lap of 196.515 miles an hour. The outside pole for the Daytona 500 was somewhat of a surprise. Dale Earnhardt had not been mentioned in any of the speculation about the fastest cars, but Dale went out and cranked out a lap of 195.767 miles an hour. Jim Phillips of WNPC Radio in Newport, Tennessee, patrolling pit road for us as always. He talked with Dale. Dale Earnhardt, an excellent lap for you. Well, it was a good one. You know, the guys worked hard in practice and test down here, so, you know, we're pretty satisfied with it. It could have been a little better, but, you know, maybe it'll be good enough. Did the wind affect you at all out there? Got pretty loose down to three and four. It's going to be uh, exciting. That's the thoughts of Dale Earnhardt after he set the second fastest lap in Bush Pole qualifying today. It did get exciting up in turn four because that's where the wind was a big factor. It blew out of the west most of the afternoon, and at times it gusted up to 20 miles an hour. And that means here at Daytona, if you've been here, you know that turns three and four lie in the east end of the speedway. And if it's coming, the wind blowing back that way, it goes right up over that turn, particularly when you come out of turn four, has a tendency to really bounce the car around. Now, Darrell Waltrip, as we told you, was certainly one of the favorites to get the pole here. He'd been smiles all week long. He had practiced up a little over 195 miles an hour, and he predicted yesterday that he could run well over 196, but he settled in in third position with a lap of 195.393, and Jim Phillips talked with him. Darrell, 195.393, not quite fast enough. No, it wasn't very good. Uh, we thought we'd run 197, so that's how disappointed we are. How about the wind? Did it, was it a factor for you? Actually, it didn't hurt the car. Uh, it didn't... Uh, it didn't hurt the car. I mean, I thought it was going to upset it, but it didn't. Now, he was very honest, Alan, about that because he could have just as easily said, you know, the wind kicked us around and that cost us a mile an hour or so. But he got out and said, no, it didn't. So apparently he was disappointed in how they had the car set up. Disappointed, but still third starting spot for the Daytona 500 as long as he doesn't have a problem in Thursday's qualifying race will set him up in as good a shape as he was last year. Darrell's been saying all week long that last year we weren't running with them. We kind of lucked into the win with a little strategy, but this year we're running fast, we're running up front, and we're going to take it to him come Sunday. The three Chevrolets we just mentioned, Ken Schrader, Dale Earnhardt, Darrell Waltrip, took the top three spots. The two Fords of Jeff Bodine and Bill Elliott had been expected to challenge for the front row. Elliott was the fastest of the Fords. He qualified fourth at a speed of 194.906. We asked Bill for his reaction on that lap. Bill, 194.906. 
Well, I think the pole, you know, we feel real good about it. You know, we fought the select racetrack yesterday afternoon like a lot of other guys, and I just felt like that, you know, we probably could have done a few things a little different, but still, even, even at our 100% best, I don't know if I could have beat Schrader. Uh, I feel good about what I run. You know, that's a good, that was a good speed for us. You know, we're in the race. Now we need to concentrate on the Bush Clash tomorrow and 125 races on Thursday. Is your car real stable out there? The wind's been affecting a lot of cars today. It was a little unstable through three and four. It seems like it really blows you down the back straightaway real hard. And, you know, three and four has been my problem anyway, and that's what I was really concerned about. I, I used a little bit spoiler, more rear spoiler than some of the other guys did because my car had been pretty bad out of shape in practice. So, you know, I was just trying to do things right and get in the race and then go from there and work it out. You know, i got a new crew chief, Mike Beam, you know, and we're working hard together, and this is going to take us a little bit of time to get everything going right, but I feel good about our season. Bill qualified very late in the session, and the wind did kick up quite a bit towards the very end. Uh, you heard Bill saying the wind might have bothered his car a little bit through turns three and four. There was a, a bit of difference between the cars that qualified in the early and mid stages of the two-and-a-half-hour qualifying session and those that went at the very end. The wind got a little bit stronger as the afternoon went on. Now, Mark Martin, who had been expected to challenge for the pole, he had a great year last year in winning Bush polls all season long. In fact, he won the most or tied with Alan Kowicki for the most polls and collected an awful lot of money, but he had to settle in and fifth position with a lap of 194.868. He wasn't all that disappointed. He said they missed the setup a little bit in the car, and the win was a factor for him also. Neil Bonnet had a surprisingly strong run, and Neil qualifying the Wood Brothers Sitgo Ford in the sixth position this afternoon. Neil turned a lap uh, about what he did in preseason testing here, 194.523, the sixth fastest this afternoon. Now, that was very much a surprise because in this morning's practice session, Neil lost a motor in that car. They went and changed the motor, almost made them late for their qualifying run, but they got it done in time, got the car out on the grid, and made a good run. And Neil talked with Jim Phillips afterwards. Well, Neil Bonnet, you came back from trouble this morning to post a 194.523 lap. I tell you, the guys got awful busy. We, the motors in the cars, like I say, is when we're going to run into 500 a week from now, and we didn't have much choice. We had to stick it in there and just try to get in qualifying at the end of the day, and the thing ran that fast, I was tickled to death. How about comparing your practice times with what you qualified? Well, we've been running awful fast. I, I really thought we had a shot to throw some big numbers at them, and just, that's just racing. You know, we lost the motor, but uh, I'd like to have that other one in there right now and see what it felt like. The thoughts of Neil Bonnet after qualifying sixth fastest for the Daytona 500. Tell you what, you can look for some good things from that team this year. They have hired Bob Johnson, and he is one of the best chassis men in the business, and I think you'll see that car working a lot better. They've worked in their motor program considerably over the winter, and Neil is probably as optimistic starting 1990 as he has been in a long time. Now, Jeff Bodine had been one of the favorites for the pole. He'd been down here in the winter testing with Junior Johnson. That's his new ride for 1990 in the Budweiser Ford. He and Tim Brewer have really, so they say up to where I come from, they hit it off real quick. They like each other. They like the way they work. And he was all smiles. He had the fastest speed in practice yesterday at well over 195 miles an hour. But when it all came to naught this afternoon, he settled in in seventh position. And the speed for Jeff was 194.485. Jim Phillips talked with him after his run. Jeff, 194.485. Did that please you? Uh, I, you know, I wouldn't be pleased unless we were on the pole, but we're pretty happy with that. That's, this is first time out uh, for myself with Junior Johnson, Ford Thunderbird, uh, Budweiser, Banquet, and Baby Ruth. You know, this is the first time we've been in a competitive situation. So, uh, you know, you can't expect the world. I mean, we tried. I, the, there's no crew here that tried any harder than the Junior Johnson crew. Uh, Tim Brewer and the fellas just worked and worked and worked to try to come down here and get this pole. 
uh, we came up a little short. You know, we're disappointed with that, naturally. The whole team is, but we're still pretty excited about this season. We've got the Bush Clash tomorrow. We've got a 500 next week, a 300 next week. So we're really excited about this uh, connection with Junior Johnson, Ford, and, and all of our people. Uh, we think it's going to be a great 1990. The thoughts of Jeff Bodine after his qualifying run in the Budweiser Ford. Jeff in the seventh fastest qualifying position, a little bit slower than expected. And again, Jeff's speed 194.485 miles per hour. Those were the major contenders for the Bush Pole based on the, the leading speculation leading up to today. There were quite a few surprises. Richard Petty had an outstanding qualifying run. Brett Bodine was a surprisingly fast in the Quaker State Buick. And pretty much as expected, Rusty Wallace did not qualify that well here at Daytona. We'll talk with those drivers when we come back. I've got three boys and all of them love racing and that's all they do is work on race cars now except Larry and he drives it. When he goes and wins a race it feels just as good to me for him when it does when I want it. As the official beer of NASCAR, Bush is proud to salute David Pearson and all the men who follow their dreams to greatness because at Bush we've always believed in pursuing that dream of being the best. If it wasn't for them uh, I doubt if I'd be a car owner today. Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri. Welcome back to MRN Radio's Bush Pole Show at the Daytona International Speedway, bringing you the results of Bush Pole qualifying for the Daytona 500 just completed at the World Center of Racing. Talking about some of the day's surprises, a couple of drivers turned in laps that I guess we could say were better than expected, one of which was Richard Petty. I think Richard was happy with his run, although just about everyone here from what he had practiced yesterday, he had had the second fastest practice speed here on Friday afternoon, and just about everyone thought he would end up at least in the top five, and I think deep down Richard did too. The wind was a factor here this afternoon. They didn't get the qualifying trim on the car exactly like they wanted, but still he settled in at 11th position, uh, the fastest Pontiac in the field as far as qualifying here today, and Jim Phillips talked with him just as he came in after his qualifying effort. Richard? 10th fastest overall, pretty good lap. Yeah, we was pretty satisfied with it. Naturally, you'd like to run better, but we've been running 30th, and now we're running 10th or 11th. That's a lot better. So we're boys done a super job, and everything right right now everything's going good. If we can just keep it that way all next week and a half, we'll be in good shape. How did this compare the way you practiced? Uh, we had practiced uh, maybe a couple laps a little bit quicker, but I think the day was a little bit slow. There was a lot of wind and blowing, and I think you've seen all the speeds down on all the cars. Oh, it was funny to hear Richard's answer down on pit road when he talked on the PA here. He, they told him the speed. He said, that's right fast, ain't it? And it was. <laughs> yeah, Richard has uh, had all the fans on their feet here. They were expecting good things, and Richard didn't let him down. A good qualifying run, and the saying goes back many years that when Petty qualifies well, he'll race very well on Sunday. So it'll be interesting to see how things happen on Thursday in the Twin 125s. Another driver who struggled all through preseason testing and all leading up to this week, the team that he's with, the new team that he's with, struggled all of last year here in Daytona, is Brett Bodine. Brett this year driving Kenny Bernstein's Quaker State Buick, and the team just couldn't seem to get the speed out of the car that they wanted in the December and January tests, but Brett sure found something today, the 13th fastest time, and a qualifying speed of 193.473 miles an hour. Well, Brett Bodine, you told me this morning that don't expect a lot out of his qualifying, but a pretty good lap, 193.473. Well, you know, that's really true. Uh, we just didn't know where we stood, actually, and uh, I'll tell you, the team has really pulled together. We were so far off uh, back at the, in the end of 89 as far as speed here, and but just everybody's worked so hard to get it back, and, and we're there. You know, we're, 
we're very competitive. I think we can make this Buick run with the front pack, and uh, I think we can outhandle them. That's going to be the key, I believe, come the Daytona 500, and that's what we're going to work on. And, you know, I'd just like to say thanks to everybody involved, Quaker State and King Racing and all the guys at the shop back home. A heck of an effort for a team that was really kind of down and out with speed, and we got it back. The thoughts of an obviously happy Brett Bodine, 13th fastest qualifying time in Bush Pole qualifying today at Daytona. Now, Rusty Wallace had an effort that was not to his liking at all. He ended up 34th overall in the qualifying with a lap of 190.267. Now, he had practiced just a little bit quicker than that, and Jim Phillips talked with him. Western Cup champion Rusty Wallace, 190.267. Are you pleased with that lap? Well, I'm not really pleased with it, but I can't really remember a time I came to Daytona where I've been happy with what I qualified. But uh, I've always run good here. Uh, the car's handling real well. I'm, I'm going to go back right now, get ready for the Bush Clash, do some last-minute practice in here, uh, and take the 500. We're really uh, way ahead of where we were last year. I think we're a lot better than we were. Barry Dotson, your crew chief, said this car won't run by itself, but it's really good in the draft. Well, I think that's going to be the case. I think it's going to really run well in the draft. We're looking forward to it. Uh, you know, with all the new involvement, Miller Daniel, Draft, Pontiac, and all that, uh, we're going to give them something hot, and so we're going to try to unload what we can on them. Now, Wallace is going to have to find something here tomorrow in the Bush Clash. There are 10 cars that will go off in that. In fact, there's three cars, Alan, just looking down the overall qualifying speeds. Rusty was 34th overall. Morgan Shepard, who is in the Clash, was 31st overall in the quickest speed. And Alan Kowicki, who normally qualifies extremely well, ended up 23rd over, overall. So they're all three in the Clash. Now, in contrast, Kenny Schrader, who's in the Clash here tomorrow, had a lap of 196. Some of the other guys are in that Clash. Bill Elliott and Mark Martin are right at the front of the pack with with high numbers, as, as Darrell Waltrip said a moment ago, Jeff Bodine is up there at over 194. So the clash will be an interesting race. They're going to have to find something between now and tomorrow, or they're going to get left in the shuffle in a hurry. It is only 20 laps, and there's not much time and not much race strategy involved except get it to go as fast as it'll go. Of course, tomorrow we will have the 25-degree spoiler and a race trim on the car instead of the 10, so it'll be interesting to see if that helps some of those cars that are a little farther back. Let's run you back through the qualifying order, let you know how your favorite driver did. Again, Ken Schrader has taken the pole position for the Daytona 500, the third year in a row at a speed of 196.515 miles an hour. That is not an event record, but that is this is the first February that they have qualified with the current size restrictor plate, so it is a restrictor plate record at this point. Second fastest was Dale Earnhardt, 195.767. Darrell Waltrip was third, Bill Elliott fourth, Mark Martin fifth, then Neil Bonnet sixth, Jeff Bodine seventh, Phil Parsons qualified eighth fastest. A good run for Phil, his first outing in the Morgan McClure Kodak Oldsmobile, and Phil qualified that car in the eighth spot. Sterling Marlin qualified ninth in the Sunoco Olds, and Rick Wilson put the Raymock Dinner Bell uh, automobile in the 10th qualifying position here this afternoon. And Richard Petty, as we talked about a moment ago, qualified 11th. Dick Trickle was 12th. 13th was Brett Bodine. 14th went to Lake Speed. 15th was Ricky Rudd. 16th, Davey Allison. And Allison was another car that lost some speed from practice. And he will settle in in 16th position with that lap of just over 192 miles an hour. He, too, is in the Bush Clash tomorrow. Qualifying 17th was Mike Alexander. 18th, Terry Labonte. 19th was Rob Moroso. And rounding out the top 20 was driver Kyle Petty. 
Running you back through the rest of the top 30, Jimmy Means with a good qualifying run in the Alka-Seltzer Pontiac, 21st fastest for Jimmy, Michael Waltrip 22nd, Alan Kowicki, as we told you, 23rd, then Larry Pearson, Harry Gant 25th, Derek Cope, Hutt Str uh, excuse me, Ernie Irvin 27th, Hutt Strickland 28th, Bobby Hillen Jr. in 29th, and Butch Miller was in the 30th qualifying position. Again, 53 cars took qualifying times here today, and they will now divide that field up into starting lineups for Thursday's Twin 125s, and we'll talk about that when we come back. With Bush Pole qualifying for the Daytona 500 now complete, the process will begin to sort out the starting the qualifying order into the two 125-mile qualifying races, which will take place here at the Speedway on Thursday. And, of course, MRN will have that coverage live. For some of the drivers who did not get in a good lap, those twin 125 races become very crucial. They must finish in the first 15 spots in the race that they're in, or risk very possibly not getting a spot in the Daytona 500. Well, now, Alan, a lot of folks probably, we might confuse them a little bit, but let's try to tell you how that thing works. Now, the top 12 today, should the speeds remain like that, anything from the front row on back in the 12 fastest qualifiers are locked in. However, they have Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, three more qualifying sessions here. So anybody can go back out and qualify again from the day and improve that speed. Let's take Rusty Wallace, for example. He qualified 34th, but if he qualifies again here Monday and ends up being faster than anybody in the top 12 today, then he's, you know, he's got a locked-in starting spot for the Daytona 500. So there's still some qualifying to go, but those qualifying races are sure going to be critical for a lot of drivers. Absolutely. 125 miles, not much time, and anything can happen. If you have a, a problem, get involved in an accident. We saw last year a couple of drivers had that problem and ended up without a provisional starting spot to fall back on. For example, A.J. Foyt, the 37th fastest time here today. A.J. does not have a provisional to fall back on, as a Rusty Wallace would. So A.J. will need to improve his time over the next couple of days or have an awfully good run on Thursday in order to ensure himself a start in the Daytona 500 one week from tomorrow. There are a couple of other drivers back toward the tail end of the field that need to really pick up some speed, too. Dave Marcus is certainly one of those, and Jim Sauter, who was a regular on the circuit last year, also needs to come up, and I'm sure they'll all post qualifying efforts either Monday or Tuesday or certainly by Wednesday to see if they can improve what they did today. On the immediate schedule here, tomorrow is the Bush Clash in the ARCA 200 at the Speedway. Ten drivers will get the green a little after 12 noon tomorrow. 50 miles, 20 laps, and a whole lot of money on the line, a couple of hundred thousand dollars. And it's quite an interesting field, uh, quite a story if you missed it as far as the pole sitter for tomorrow's race is concerned. It is a Cinderella story for driver Jimmy Hensley, the youngster from Ridgeway, Virginia, who filled in for Dale Earnhardt up in Martinsville Speedway back in September when Hurricane Hugo kept a lot of the Winston Cup drivers from getting to the track, and he qualified the car, picked up a pole position in it, so he drew here the other day at the luncheon for the Bush drivers. He picked up the pole position. Greg Sachs who got in on a wild card entry will be starting second. Kenny Schrader third. Bill Elliott fourth in the clash tomorrow. Fifth is Jeff Bodine. Sixth is Alan Kowicki. Rusty Wallace seventh. Morgan Shepard starts eighth. Davey Allison ninth. And Mark Martin tenth. A lot of Fords in that one tomorrow. I think six of those ten cars are Fords. Should be quite an interesting race. And, of course, immediately after the completion of the clash tomorrow, the ARCA 200 will get the green flag. And there's quite a field lined up for that. Patty Muiz for the second year in a row is sitting on the pole for the ARCA 200 here at Daytona. And Patty's looking at this as an opportunity to get out front, try and finish the race, and try and show that she can get the job done on a super speedway like Daytona. Patty's qualified on the pole at Talladega before. She had the pole for this race here last year, but has never managed to be able to be around to the end of the race. One thing or another, uh, an accident that she got involved in that was not her fault or a mechanical problem, but Patty Muiz will start on the pole defending ARCA champ Bob Keselowski will have the outside pole, and that's for the ARCA. 
America 200, which goes tomorrow afternoon right after the completion of the Bush Clash. So it should be quite a day of racing here at Daytona, starting uh, off what should be a very exciting Speed Week 1990. There are plenty of tickets available if you're in the Daytona area or in the Central Florida area. Come on out tomorrow afternoon. The Bush Clash will be quite a show. going to be quite a show with, with the big doubleheader tomorrow, the ARCA 200 and the Bush Clash. We hope you'll join us here at the Speedway, but if you can't, tune us in on Motor Racing Network on many of these stations you're listening to this afternoon. Our coverage tomorrow begins at 12 noon Eastern time. We hope you'll join us then. Thank you for tuning in our Bush Pole Show this afternoon. For Barney Hall, I'm Alan Bestwick from the Daytona International Speedway. Good night. The Bush Pole Show on MRN Radio has been sponsored by Anheuser-Busch, Brewers of Bush Beer, the beer that goes down smooth as a mountain stream. Head for the mountains of Bush. The executive producer of MRN Radio is John McMullen. Associate producer, Alan Bestwick. Engineers, Harry Howard and Clay Stalka. Affiliate relations, Pat Hensley and Greg Robertson. Assistants, Tina Marr, Cheryl Knight, and Stephanie Ellis. This is Rick Lewis speaking. This broadcast was a production of MRN Radio, a division of International Speedway Corporation.